Ah, our studio audience, lovely studio audience. That's the intelligentsia, ah. Alan, that has shown up today for the program right here on Radio Brave. It's the energy recon. It is. We straight, from, to... straight from Super Bowl City, by the way. Wow. How about that? That's so true, Alan. Mm-hmm. Here we are. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. And do you know what tomorrow is? Uh. It's Groundhog Day. How about That's that? That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, we have a special guest with us today. I, know. I can't even believe that we got him to come in. Well, it, uh, it's like a, it, he's like a rock star in the renewable energy sector. You read that. You read that just right. That was my bio, right? <laughs> it is. Hey, it's Don Whaley from Verde Whaley. Energy. Hey, Verdenow.com. Don, how are you? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Thank Great you, to folks. be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Nice. So, um, how's the world of wind and renewables and energy from things that turn around in the air? Wonderful, it's kind Actually, of magic, don't you? Really, isn't it kind of magic? Sort, sort of magic, yeah, sort of magic. No, it's it's good. Uh, you know, Texas still leading the way in wind generation, and um, it's so it's you know, and right now we have sufficient energy credits to where we're able to offer our customers renewable energy and don't charge them anything else. Uh, wow. So. That's I mean, amazing. Do the right, do the right thing, and don't pay more. That's going to be a new slogan, I think. So. <laughs> I like it. I like that. <laughs> do the right. Well, you know, we are so fortunate in Texas that we have all this wind power. That's right. That's they right. don't have this everywhere, do they? No, that's right. I mean, and well, wind power coupled with wide open spaces right. because uh, some of our brethren to the northeast are all for renewable energy as long as it's not in my backyard and mm-hmm. and. Uh, Prairie dogs don't seem to mind having windmills in their backyard. So sure. we've oh, got, they love those things. They do. I think keeps they them do. cool. Well, it knocks the birds <laughs> down. It makes them easier to catch. You know, so exactly. the whole thing. Oh, uh, but it's it's um, it's actually we've got uh, an abundant wind resource. We have obviously tons of land on which to build it in West Texas and the Panhandle, and yeah. Texas is taking advantage of it. That's awesome. That big wind corridor I've heard you talk about that comes down it from is. sort it's of the Rockies down through Panhandle, sort of kind of west of San Antonio down to the coastline. That's mm-hmm. that's that's has, the wind tunnel. Has to do with topography. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, the wind tunnel. Yeah. He's showing off now. Topography. Well, yeah. <laughs> now there is one thing that renewable has been lacking up until this week oh mm-hmm. i had to dig hard for this one guys but does this have did. anything to do with groundhog day or the super bowl no but this is a trifecta pound we've got three things in one one week this is good check, i like it check this out so the one thing that it's not just renewables it's it's power in general yeah okay the one thing that the industry has but I, I guess it's going to have more to do with renewables because of the fact you're you're producing all of this energy from wind and if you know it's if it's a low demand type situation going on you don't have there hasn't been any real way of storing that power that's always been okay the, the, the thing yeah you can't store it it's it's going to blow or use it now what are you holding in your formerly nicotine stained fingers Te- tex no tesla 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 oh you know the the maker of the of the of the oh, Tesla oh, luxury the Tesla. cars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, them. Those guys. They have found a way. That's the outer space guy too. They're 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 using their technology yeah. to actually create these giant battery packs that they just installed. Matter of fact, 
just off of a freeway in Southern California, there are almost 400 refrigerator-sized stacks of of brand-new lithium Tesla batteries, which are encased in white metal and have uh, basically a new mission, and that is to suck up electricity from renewable grids, okay, and... Uh, and create a a way of storing that power. A power bank. It is. It is a power bank. It is a power. Giant power batteries is what they're talking about. The installation, brand spanking new. They just literally hmm. unveiled this thing. Um, is capable of powering roughly fifteen thousand homes. What? This is the first installation um, for over four hours. Now wait and a minute. Fifteen thousand homes. Off of how many of these? Four hundred of these? Of uh, four hundred, yes. Four hundred mm-hmm. of these. And does um, one go? Do they co-locate with the uh, wind wind propellers? Well, I bet strategically, you got some info no, on this. Yeah, no, they're they're, they're going to be co-located under the wires. The batteries are the batteries oh. are really going to be a big saving grace going forward. And to, to your point, the problem with renewable energy is. Can't it, store it. it. Well, yeah, and it doesn't doesn't happen all the time. Solar yeah, yeah. not too too useful at night, and wind. Yeah. As a matter of fact, West Texas wind tends to blow at night, so yeah, you right. have power when you don't need it there. Yeah. Uh, and then you don't have the power from solar at night. Batteries do two things, well, particularly evens for, out the curve. Well, it evens out the curve. It basically puts puts wings on it, if you will. It extend wow. it extends the time that you can use it. But for solar, most people don't recognize if you have a solar installation on your roof and the grid goes down, they go, well, I've got solar at least. Well, you don't, because mm-hmm. you have to have the, imp- the apparent grid live and active, and batteries mimic that. So it, it, it not only extends the useful life of your renewable resource, but it also mimics the grid so that you have power independence for some portion of the day. So, for, for example, when we had Ike, yeah. when, when, when power was down, had people had solar panels on their roof and batteries, mm-hmm. then for the entire time the sun was up and for some hours on both sides, they would have still had full electricity for their home because the batteries would mimic the grid and they generate the electricity during the day for consumption, store batter- store power for excess generation over you know immediate use for any given period. Say, for example, at 2 o'clock you'd left the house. They'd be charging the batteries. And then when you came back, you could use that after the sun went down. But the other thing they're really helpful for, and I think that's probably what they're doing here, is they become shock absorbers. Because, well, absolutely. Because there's mm-hmm. on, on the wires, there's not a steady state consumption. The mm-hmm. load goes up, goes down, people's air conditioning kick on, kick off. Mm-hmm. And in order to follow that, right now with conventional resources, you have these generators ramping up, ramping down, ramping up. And batteries become shock absorbers. Sure. And so... They, they absorb extra electricity when low consumption periods, and then they discharge extra electricity to meet those micro peaks. Mm-hmm. So they really stabilize the system. They make it it's much like more efficient. It's like a giant UPS, sort Ex- of, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Now, these white refrigerator-sized batteries, then they could work just as well with wind power or solar. Absolutely. Um, and, and part of one of the reasons that Tesla has found reasons to... Uh, really jump into this game mm-hmm. is because of that Elisa, uh, Aliso Canyon storage facility that's out in, in California. Okay. We've talked right. we've talked about it multiple times here on the show. Even just last week, last yeah. last show, we were talking about it because um, 
you, okay, this this big gas storage facility, which is kind of in um, northern part of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, it's the it about a year ago. In case you guys don't remember, um, they had a big leak. Lot you know, lots of people uh, were dislocated from their homes and businesses as a result of that, and um, they got the leak fixed. But uh, because of the way that California, you know, really has a hard time with oil uh, and gas to begin with, in general, yeah. they Good thing d- they don't allow smoking out there. That could have been really bad. <laughs> they must so. not. That would be handy. Yeah. But um, and, and speaking of, by the way, um, Alisa Canyon. I know we're kind of slightly diverging here. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, that the Oh, um, the Ray California regulators, I guess is the word I'm looking for, it has announced that they're going to conduct this um, almost two-year-long investigation um, on, on the whole Aliso Canyon um, the leak. outage yeah. that occurred and the issues that they, that they had um, to whether they want to literally just kind of pare down the usage of that facility or literally shut it down completely. Um, matter of fact, they announced that this week. Tesla, because this has been going on for well over a year now, the folks over at Tesla said, you know what, let's come up with a way. Um, So because literally a week ago, because of all the cold weather that was out in California, um, they sent out their their little public, you know, public utility commission of California sent out notices to all gas consumers, commercial and residential, to curtail your gas usage because of the fact it's so stinking cold out there and they couldn't really rely on Aliso Canyon. So here comes Tesla and they say, you know what? We've been watching this thing going on. We're going to be proactive on this deal. We're going to come out and install uh, this huge you know, battery system. And now you guys have an emergency method of being able to still draw on power uh, during times of, of, of peak usage. So your idea of kind of peak and smoothing those situations out is, is right on. Well, I mean, and the other part of that, too, is a lot of the a lot of the generation that be used to meet those micro peaks is going to be gas fired. So mm-hmm. if, if you have load kick up and they, they've got supply supply issues around natural gas itself right it's you can't run those generators and yeah so they're they're addressing it on both ends they're they're meeting those micro peaks for residential demand but they're also by addressing that not even having to fire up the the peakers yeah um that you'd use to to meet those those interday demands yeah you know it's, it's just amazing that all of this you know every day there's some kind of new technology that somebody's mm-hmm. being so proactively thinking about in order to bring solutions for what you think is a, is a big giant problem for for consumers there's always somebody out there trying to trying to solve it no there really is you know te- you talk about tesla they've built their their gigafactory uh, yeah one of my favorite stats that the this is a new facility they're building in reno nevada roughly 200 acres under roof and it's going to double the world output of lithium-ion batteries, the one facility. <laughs> How about that? Mm. Absolutely amazing. Our special guest today on uh, the Energy Recon is Don Whaley. He's the head guy at Verde Energy. El Presidente. Presidente, Verde Energy, Verde, Texas. And remember, go to verdenow.com and check out home electricity rates for your house. Mm-hmm. Get you a snoot full of electricity. It's it's renewable, 100% renewable. You'll love the prices. Remember, VerdeNow.com. All right, so we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Energy Reconnaissance Radio right here on RadioBrave.com. Ah, yes. 
It is the Energy Reconnaissance Radio. It's the funniest oil and gas show on the air. It actually is. It can be. It probably is. You know. So it's the Energy Recon with Alan Petrodamus Lammy. And the voice that you just heard right there is Mr. Radio Icon Pat Fant. Hey. And we're known as we're known as two guys with, with gas. gas. That's exactly. right, folks. So uh, right here on Radio Brave, these uh, very interesting shows air back to back, day in, day out, all sorts of different topics that are covered. And remember, on the podcast side, Energy Recon is available if you just subscribe. It's the S word. Subscribe to Energy Recon. Mm-hmm. It shows up automatically in your podcast thingy on your phone and here's the other thing you can do too very is, technical there pat. yeah what oh, is hey, podcast thingy guess who that is there pat it's our special guest today don, don whaley. whaley yeah yes, he's the president. Much, the president he's the president of verde energy texas verdenow.com which you were just talking about you know mm-hmm. it's what a proud job that is i mean the it's a hundred percent renewable energy that 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 verde green puts out for uh principally residential consumption well, no, we're 100 percent green for all our customers commercial oh, okay. and residential commercial and, and, residential. and you know and that, and that as you say that you use the word proud we are very proud to be able to offer renewable energy mm-hmm. at the same price as non-renewable energy yeah absolutely we're, we're not we haven't segmented ourselves off and tried to sell something premium we're just trying to sell the right product why to, did to, it used to be well years ago not that many years ago it used to be so expensive if you wanted the wind power choice on the on your electricity yeah phone, you're gonna ante up you were gonna really mm-hmm. pay for that you better feel really good about it well that, now, was, that was it you got to you got to buy the feel good moment but uh-huh. we don't think that you need to do that we think that everybody should be able to buy it and we don't think that uh mm-hmm. you know you need to be what a yeah. difference. We, we don't think there should be a premium, as I said earlier, for doing the right thing. So we're happy to price it competitively with the, the other guys out there and just make it 100% green. VerdeNow.com has uh, a couple of, well, distinctively different rate plans. Mm-hmm. One is just a really low fixed rate. The other one, what if you're a working family and you're typically gone daytimes and uh, uh, you're home nights and weekends? Yeah, you, you get a discount for that. Half price nights and weekends at VerdeNow.com. Yeah, and so, you know, just to kind of expound upon that there uh, for a second, Pat. So, you know, you're, you, you've got a working household. Kids are off at school. Nobody's home during the daytime, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, you, you find yourself arriving home during the evenings, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually get a discount for, believe it or not, being gone for the day. Right. You get to have the, the benefit of a lower cost rate uh, during the evening times and... All weekend. Be, exactly. This is well thought out because they know you're more than likely going to be home on Saturdays and Sundays. Right. Okay. So you, you continue to get that uh, that break as well. So it's, it's actually quite a, a cool little product for working households. So here we are, Alan, in the energy capital of the world. Mm-hmm. The show comes to you from Houston, Texas, home of your 51st stinking Super Bowl. Ah, I'm telling you. Right it, down the street from you. You know, it's getting kind of nutty out there. Oh, you know, man. For those of you who don't live in the Houston area, uh, Houston freeways are pretty crowded as it is. Yeah. And right now it's... Uh, it's kind of a show out Yeah. There. Matter of fact, Don, even before the show, was telling us about, uh, like, 
you know security aircraft hovering oh, yeah, above your house well we we live close to reliance stadium and and i was pretty sure we were under attack um <laughs> homeland security is is that they've really stepped it up i mean so for anyone that's thinking about coming or is already here mm-hmm. uh, i think you can rest easy that that you're in a very very safe place we oh, had great i had a helicopter overflights on our house to the point where i wasn't sure if they're out of fuel and looking for a landing spot or what exactly it transpired but but they are they're flying treetop level mm-hmm. at fairly fairly tight intervals and so security around it's this, the new it, reality you have to do this you have to plan for it prepare for it and mm-hmm. and there's uh, certainly good reason for that yeah no unfortunately there is but mm-hmm. uh but i think they've taken all the steps to counter that so, so. alan what have you discovered for us this week that well, no one else is talking you about? know kind of you know that um staying kind of on sort of the renewable topic you know um we often talk about this, and and we we do this with jest. It's not really to totally make fun of, of companies or right. in, in power plants and right. stuff. But there is the Ivanpah solar plant that's out in California, <laughs> and uh, you know this is the the plant, Pat, that actually um, it 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 torched itself last year at, what? at what? some what? <laughs> remember there were some misaligned mirrors or something oh, along yeah. those lines oh, the solar thing the solar <laughs> thing and they they they, they torched themselves <laughs> and you know it, the it's, first operational death ray is what you're saying right <laughs> exactly that's it for star wars fans and um but uh, and so something kind of interesting there and you know our show is uh we're obviously pro fossil fuel but we're pro renewable too unfortunately there's a lot of folks that are that are out there that are very very anti fossil fuel exceptionally pro renewable extremely anti fossil fuel right and they they really get the ebgbs and get all bent out of shape if they find out that uh, that fossil fuel is somehow in the mix with their renewables and so the that ivanpah facility that torched itself last year um which uh, was built with federal subsidies in order to combat climate change um there was a report that just came out that showed that this facility apparently ju- has jumped its natural gas use by over 60% in 2016. Oh, they're okay? not going to like that. And, um, now, hey, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. This was supposed to be a solar facility. How in the world uh, can you be you guys be using natural gas? What's uh-huh. the how does that work? What you know? gives, man? <laughs> well, basically, here's here's the thing: is that uh, sounds like a one giant Grateful Dead album, doesn't it? <laughs> that they got going on some kind of three ring circus out there with, and you know those refrigerator size batteries yeah. are going to come with grateful dead stickers on them they, that's a very good idea well if you they're should, not there they'll be there you should soon, send so. that in right. to, as an idea to I'm tesla sending it in mm-hmm. that's right. make sure you get some money out they of get all my mail <laughs> <laughs> so um here's here's how this ivan paul facility works mm-hmm. okay um it basically it has three hundred and fifty two thousand mirrors yeah okay that focus heat um, from the sun onto three giant boilers that are mounted to towers. Oh, that makes okay? sense. And uh, each of them is actually a little taller. We're talking about like football field sized, you know, type, Mirror, type units here. And they're they're circular. They point in to, right. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. right. Okay, that's the death ray part. That is the death ray. Right. And matter of fact, there is this flux field. 
Oh, right, yeah. which which apparently is with kind of within a, a certain space right off the mirrors that if birds do fry, right, they get it, fluxed right there. <laughs> They're fluxed. It's immediately Seriously. immediately fried. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So water in these boilers. Okay. So what they're they're focusing on water. Um, and that water is then turned into steam, which mm-hmm. then turns turbines. That's okay? brilliant. It really is. You know, there's all kind of just weird technology on mm-hmm. the solar side of things. Mm-hmm. There's one facility, I want to say it's in either Arizona or New Mexico, which uses a, and I, I swear I'm not making this up. Molten salt. Absolutely. Right. Look at this guy. What is, goodness. What is Look at the brain on Brad. I know. <laughs> Molten salt. Yeah, tell yes. them about molten salt. No, it did. Well, I mean, it's salt is like. When was the last time you bit into a, a baked potato right after you cut it open and, and you felt like you ate lava? Certain mediums retain and, it's and that transfer late, latent heat. heat. There's a right. latent heat transfer from salt, oh. and so they use they use solar panels to melt salt. That salt retains the heat very oh. efficiently, and they use that then to drive boilers to drive steam turbines. Absolutely. And it's just kind of technology for technology's sake. It really is. That's um, brilliant. Just and so, um, all I know okay, so, pick so, records. So, so the reason why. <laughs> I, can pick, I can pick a record, though, I think. <laughs> uh, so, back on this, this Ivan Paul deal, the reason why they're using more natural gas is uh, apparently they have. Um, auxiliary boilers that do run on and so gas is basically burned at Mm -hmm. night Mm -hmm. okay in order to keep the system prime that'll piss them off it yeah they can't see the cloud that way though yeah exactly right and um at nighttime right and uh, basically it allows electricity production also to start up and ramp up a little quicker mm-hmm. um when the, the sun comes day. up in the next yeah. day that's right and uh but apparently uh, according to the plant <laughs> the plant operators uh the bottom line is that the public when this big giant you know infrastructure was being built the publicly didn't public really wasn't completely told about or it wasn't com- properly disclosed I no guess, really that, that uh, the plant was going to consume as much natural gas as it does so they were saying that's false metal man you know right <laughs> exactly that's false metal exactly well, so, so a little bit of natural gas runs overnight and it's natural gas which is already clean and wonderful it really is natural no, it really clean. is you know we were talking about the the batteries and the idea that batteries can extend the life of solar kind mm-hmm. of further out and and so you get the technology here this allows the sun to boil the water in the day natural gas to boil the water at the night and that way you have a around the clock generation capability right and exactly and so this is everything that we're kind of talking about even with this ivan paul facility uh with the the advent of these new tesla batteries right i mean you can really kind of see That's where wonderful. where as the market begins it evolves mm-hmm. okay that's the key that's the key word and i think that's that's where those that you were talking about earlier who are not fans of hydrocarbons we should say uh they don't understand that this is a natural evolution that's taking place and And that's exactly you know i came out of the oil and gas world i'm in the electricity world now and i see a real value in the evolutionary path we're on Mm -hmm. but you can't rush it technology will get there i mean there's a great place for rooftop solar today Mm -hmm. Um, and the whole point is that market drivers take the technology there regardless of what anybody says that's That's right right, Mm -hmm. all right so when we get back i'm going to talk a little bit about stratospheric warming what exactly is that it's not global warming Uh it's stratospheric warming and it has everything to do with the the balance of this winter okay and how 
I'm going to talk a little bit about all these weather models. They've been literally flipping back and forth. I'm talking major computer weather models, completely inconsistent. Hmm. The, the industry doesn't know how to handle this. They don't know what to do. We're going to talk a little bit about what stra, uh, stratosphere, stra, stratospheric warming means to that when we get back here on Energy Recon. There they are again. I the know. They, just, they can't get enough. They can't get enough. Can't get enough of your love. <laughs> it is the first week of February 2017. Yeah. And you're listening to the Energy Recon Radio Program. Uh, Energy Reconnaissance Radio. We do the show every week. And you can find it on your podcast app, your favorite, whatever it is. Doesn't matter. Just subscribe to it drops in there automatically every time there's a new show but don't ask your mother-in-law about it no probably she not. won't know what you're talking she'll about go, what? she'll hand you a glass of lemonade and a cookie and let's sit down and watch walter cronkite <laughs> that's that's what she'll that's do that's probably right so man, we have had some great information today Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not through. We're not. We we're not. And our guest today in studio with us is Don Whaley, the president of Verde Energy Texas. <sighs> Welcome, yes, Don. Is. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you. You really add a, a whole other kind of dimension to the subject matter and the technology and the market. And you know driver. what I love about this guy is that, um, you know, I have a few notes of things that I want to talk about. But yeah. but by and large, we don't, when, when you and I come on, you have no clue what we're going to talk about. We just come in here and we just do it. You can right? tell. And the, the thing is, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not that I, obvious, really. It's not. And um, uh, the thing is, is that, you know, the same, same thing for Don. Don. He, he didn't yeah. know what we're going to talk about. We have no and, idea. And it's like, you know, all of a sudden you're just knocking these things off. It's just amazing. You know? Well, I've got I've got good cliff notes over here. <laughs> he actually gave me a good set of notes. He's just making me sound better. Well, you Thank know you, the though. subject matter so well. And uh, you know what? I find that people are more interested in this today than they were years ago. Oh, most definitely. And especially with Trump in the White House now. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's lots of, I mean, huge changes coming down the pike. No, when they're, they're when they talk about regulations, you know, we're going to we're gonna reduce regulations on business or small business, but that's anyone, a company under 500 is small business. Mm-hmm. But when they mean reduce regulations, what kind of regulations would you think could be reduced? And if they were on the oil and gas energy business or even renewable business what would be of most help well i you know you you were talking we were talking right before the break about the evolution of energy and i think that um the the rush the rush to convert us from a fossil-based energy environment to a renewable energy environment is just that it's a rush i mean you were talking about the changes and the level of interest people have shown in the last five years, it's absolutely profound. If if you had said five years ago there'd be a new company coming into Houston installing a hundred residential solar facility installations um, a month, there'd have been no way because Texas doesn't have subsidies for that. This isn't California or Hawaii. But the economics, the market economics, have finally caught up to where there is a new entrant, our partner actually, um, that is installing roughly 100 new solar facilities on rooftops in Houston. What's the name of that company? It's uh, SunPro Solar Solutions. Okay. and A we, month? A month. Wow. And they're moving to Dallas. They expect that number to be 150, maybe 200 between the two cities. Does the sun still shine in Dallas? Well, <laughs> I was just wondering. Well, the people My in lady. Dallas are dimmer. I think the sun may be as oh, well. Oh, there you so. go. I but, knew but, that was coming. Bazinga! <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I mean the the thing about it, you know, we were that uh, you mentioned our half price nights and weekends product, and that's most people don't recognize that electricity is not the same throughout the day. It's more expensive because as demand goes up, your less efficient resources come on, and so the price goes up. Mm-hmm. And the reason we pro- we structured the product the way we did is if you're using it during the more expensive time, you're going to pay more. Yeah, you're going to pay the premium for it. If you're using it during the less expensive time, you're going to pay less. Makes sense. Same way we've done with with SunPro. We've come up with a product where if you have solar on your roof, and whether you're one of their customers or not, if you have a solar installation on your roof and you sign up with us, we've come up with a new product that recognizes you're producing electricity during the most expensive time of the day. So the net price at the end of the day is much, much cheaper. Wow. So So the curve is, is here where it's finally really worthwhile for people to say, I think I could make solar on my roof at home pay. Well, you know, the easiest part of that is to get the power from the generation facilities to your house, there's wires in the middle. Mm -hmm. And uh, since 2005, the cost of those wires has doubled to the residential consumer. Really? Yes. And oh, so yeah. right now, if you look at you, if you look at your electricity bill at home, oh, the transport, it, the transport, the, right. the transmission is now costing you more than the energy. That's right. It's almost like three cents per. It's about four and a half. Four and a half. It's four and a half cents to bring it to your house. So if you have solar on your roof, you're cutting your cost of energy in half. And used to be two. Now right. it's four. Absolutely. Well, I got you. Yeah. I didn't know. And that. so every time the the one of the wires companies go in for a rate increase. Uh, solar just gets more attractive. Yeah. Sure, no doubt. <laughs> See? See how that works? That yeah, was the, an the, idea. The bell agreed with that's that. Right. The that's light right. was a little bright, but it's an okay. idea, Bell. Yeah. Well, nice. So, um, stratospheric warming. Stratospheric warming. Um, you know what? Uh, lately, let's talk. Let's kind of change directions here and talk a little bit about what oil and natural gas is doing. And, you know, over the course uh, right now, as of today, oil, oil, this is WTI, March WTI, is trading around $53 a barrel. It's been fluctuating, oscillating between 50 and 55 uh, pretty steadily over the last multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. Natural gas, um, which is trading right around $3.17 per MMBTU, has been trading between uh, $3.10 and about $3.50 per MMBTU. Hmm. Now, so it's sort of on the low end of that. It is. And, and uh, we, you know, earlier, um, it's been about a little over a month ago, we actually went up and uh, and hit a couple of year high for natural gas. It was literally just a hair under $4 uh, as an intraday high. Now, um, one, you know, for, for those of you folks who might be in natural gas related investments or maybe you're trading the, uh, the ETF, the exchange traded fund, um, the, you know, from the technical point of view, uh, they're $3.10 is a uh, longstanding uh, th- uh, pivot point threshold to the downside. Hmm. If there is at least two closes below $3.10, it will probably open the door uh, to further selling uh, probably uh, something sub $3. Right. Um, now, Mercantile exchange. Yes, yeah, it's actually a Chicago exchange. It used to be NYMEX, but oh, uh, uh-huh. yeah, it's, at, it's now CME NYMEX. Okay. But um, it's the futures okay. contract. And the thing is, is that we still have multiple weeks of winter left to go. Um, February can be typically one of the coldest periods. Uh, March, by all means, can be very cold, too. The problem that, that we've had, particularly over the, the course of the last week, is that 
um, all of the major weather models, and particularly what the energy market tends to look at, is uh, is the global. It's the U.S. Uh, global forecast system. It's called GFS operational model. There's two models that they typically look at. One is the operational, one is the ensemble. Um, then behind that, you've got the European model. And the European model is actually more superior in terms of ac- overall accuracy. This is for weather. This is all weather. Yeah. Okay. That's the only one they have us on. Otherwise, America rules. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And. Um, but what has happened is over the course of probably oh, the last 10 days or so is that these weather models literally on an every other day basis have been flipping all over the place. Mm. And uh, and one, one day it'll show widespread cold across the U.S., particularly the eastern half of the U.S. You'll come in the very next day and guess what? It's widespread warmth across the eastern mm. U.S. You mm. come in the following day, it's widespread cool. These, these models are completely erratic and the market doesn't know how to handle this. Um, because typically you have a little more consistency. There's um, consistency among various major models, but all of these models are just wigged out. And uh, and so at that is point... Is this a new thing? Or this why? is very new, but there's it has to do, at least part of it, has to do with what is... Um, Trump. It's Trump's fault. <laughs> well, I was going to say, are these the same guys that did the political polling? That uh, yeah. Is that what yeah, happened I, here? Very well may be. Uh, just but, curious. Uh, but yeah, there is, there yeah. is an yeah. unbelievable amount of bitterly frigid cold air that is up in the North Pole right now, but it's contained up oh, there. Okay, isn't that cute. It's kind of cute. <laughs> it's at the North Pole. It is the North Pole. <laughs> um, but and so even though there is unseasonably warm weather, really kind of across the United States right now, believe it or not, there are still threats of a polar vortex, Ooh. the infamous polar vortex, the P or two, yeah. to still emerge this huh. winter time. What, okay. what kind of chance? That's what the investors Well, are that's to why the weather models are trying to figure this out, mm-hmm. and they're having such a hard time. And let me explain to you why this is occurring. Okay. okay? It all boils down to what is called stratospheric warming. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, I know that sounds like a term that would be connected to global warming or climate change. It has nothing to do with that mm-hmm. at all. This is a okay. meteor- meteorological term that... Um, uh, basically is is a way that that is confining uh, all that cold literally up on the northern pole oh, okay stratospheric and, warming. see a, a polar vortex basically originates over the north pole and um and it's, it's essentially a, a a a cold low pressure system hmm. um with strong very very intensely strong winds that are rotating counterclockwise in the in the middle and then the kind of upper troposphere and into the stratosphere as well okay wow. when when stratospheric warming occurs so we do have it's undoubted we've got all this warmth across the united states okay as that warmth begins to rise mm-hmm. toward the top okay mm-hmm. heat rises what that does is is um now i should back up for one second the cold that is in the center up there okay of these winds that are keeping this contained is basically creating sort of a force field it's like a barrier that holds that cold within but as those that warmth begins to rise up 
it breaks down that barrier and allows cold to escape the North Pole. Okay. I love this. All right. And so. It's a great story. Yeah. And and so this is called stratospheric warming. Uh, the degree of stratospheric warming is all over the place. The models can't handle it. That's why there's so much confusion. Now, we're going to take a little break. When we get back, we're going to vi- revisit this a little more. Oh, yeah. and, I and can't wait to see how are. this ends. Yeah, and, 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 this. and talk yeah. about how this could potentially send natural gas prices flying. So Escape don't go anywhere. from the North Pole. That is. Uh, That's don't right, go, girl. <laughs> don't go anywhere. You're, you're listening to Energy Recon Radio. And here we are back on our uh, Escape from the North Pole Escape from the uh, North Pole version of uh, Rated R The Energy Recon Recon. (laughs) We growl to make it more exciting Because it's, you know it's more exciting when you growl on well, the radio. Sure. It's extreme. It's extreme it's energy extreme. recon radio. There you go. That yeah. ought to hold that, up. That fuels, you know, upper testosterone levels sure, when, whenever sure. you talk, talk more manly. It's so important. Now, you sound like talk. a pirate. You're supposed to say arg in there somewhere, too? Well, the, you know, the, know. the accent. We try to. Way off. Yeah. I mean, we can't. Everything yeah. we do sounds the same, but. Does anyone matter? No. Yeah. Now, so, Alan, mm. you were talking about stratospheric warming mm-hmm. and how it's got nothing to do with global warming and greenhouse gases. Okay, so let's, we're going to kind of revisit this real quickly. All right, so what we've got is here we are sitting at the, literally, we're at the very beginning of February. February can actually be a pretty darn stinking cold month. For the okay? U.S. For the U.S. Yeah. So can March. The problem is, is that up until right now, we've lacked a delivery mechanism to to take all of this bitterly cold, frigid air over the North Pole and deliver it down into Canada, into the United States. Okay, Um, there has been some blocking that 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 occurs kind of, oh, just above slightly almost call it the uh, border of uh, U.S. Canada. That right has, above Al Franken's house. That's probably yeah, right. There's a big block up there. Okay. Yeah. He's in Minneapolis. Yes. Uh, yeah, I know he is. <laughs> Shame he's that far south. Yeah. Um, so you've got this uh, this potential of a vol- of a polar vortex. We Everybody know, has heard those. Mm-hmm. Whenever a polar vortex is going to come down, all of a sudden all the newspapers start lighting up about a polar vortex. Get your coming. coat out. Here it you comes. Know, here sure. it comes. It's you know the equivalent of a you know cold weather hurricane. Yeah, you right, know? right. And um, and so the way that these these uh, polar vortexes occur is you got just this pent up huge amount of cold weather up in the North Pole. Um, now surrounding this cold weather and keeping this cold weather contained are these very strong winds that are are essentially rotating counterclockwise um, in different parts of of the, the stratosphere and troposphere and atmosphere and stuff. Um, now these winds are basically forming a barrier or a force field mm-hmm. around some of the coldest air on the whole stinking planet i'm getting a picture okay? of this yeah. and it's trapped it's trapped that far north because it's being, being swirled around but when you have this warmth that is now occurring across the united states okay think of it like this okay everybody knows that uh, that warm warm air rises correct right but if you have an igloo cooler yeah okay and inside of that igloo cooler, you have dry ice, mm-hmm. okay, with some hot water that's in there. Mm-hmm. What happens when you open the lid of that of that cooler? That I think <coughs> that's right. That, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, that um, vapor from the dry ice comes over the edge, and what does it do? It crawls down the side. Oh. 
okay, of of that igloo cooler. It hits mm-hmm. the floor, it sure right? Does. And it looks cool. It's it seeks it seeks a lower trajectory mm-hmm. okay so as this heat that we're seeing across the united states right now almost across the entire 48 and some you know really if you look look at some of the weather maps that are occurring as that is rising what happens is is it begins to break down this barrier and and so as a result of that you have some it begins to slow down those winds that are occurring and in some cases depending on the intensity of the warming that is rising up toward the North Pole, it can bring those winds that are containing all that cold uh, energy and cold weather, it can bring it to a crawl. Hmm. And in some cases, the winds will even reverse to a clockwise rotation. And that's when you have all of a sudden huge amounts of bitterly cold we used to call them polar pig air masses Mm -hmm. okay and the reason why we call them polar pig air masses in the natural gas business is because when they do finally come down they're not just a one-shot deal they come down and they're big and they're fat and they just sit there okay and just eat natural gas yeah eat natural gas. polar pig yeah right there Wow. Try that. Try that out. Pat. All right. Go go home and tell uh Oh, I, your, I can't wait. Go Are go you tell your relatives that you, you learned about a polar pig today. That's right. And uh, <laughs> so what's happening is is that uh, all of these major weather models they're they're seeing. They they understand what's going on, but they can't really lock on to. There's feedback related issues and they don't really quite understand how and how much mm-hmm. of this cold air could could potentially spill down in, into the u.s and uh well this is science at work really right here yeah. you know and it's yeah. fun and i'm um, here people that how can you not enjoy science you know hearing about how something on that scale really works well because here's the thing is that all right now how does this all relate back to the natural gas market well you you know especially the eastern half of the u.s where a large percentage of this cold air looks like the delivery mechanism looks to actually come down and swoop in via jet stream into the entire eastern half of the U.S. That's where your most concentrated wintertime natural gas demand is located. That's where it normally happens. And so what happens is we are already in very tight natural gas supply-demand market right now. Matter of fact, uh, some of the um, data that I've been crunching lately on our overall production is that dry natural gas production throughout the throughout the United States is actually sitting at a 32-month low right now. Well, and, why is the price so on the sort of low side? Well, because you have um, a million I mean, factors. Well, because it has a lot to do with psychology, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Okay, um, a lot of the LNG exports, mm-hmm. for one. Chenier, all right. A lot of people have been even calling me, right, sending me emails lately, going, "Wait a minute! All of these LNG exports were really ramping up and blowing and going over the past, you know, several weeks. Why, even in the last few days, well, several days, has the LNG export amount really fallen? Well, because they're beginning to ramp up a, a now third train." of natural gas exports that are leaving the United States. And during some of the testing that they have going on, they're actually, believe it or not, they're kind of pulling back on on some of the supply that leaves. Then once they're, they've completed their testing, then they're going to ramp it back up to, to you know full operations. But a lot of it has to do, Pat, with um, market psychology. If the market thinks 
that February is going to come in warm, mm -hmm. okay? And then if we potentially have a warm March, you got you know it's that old psychology that we talk about here all the time, which is it going to be applied to weather too. Which is you know if a market is going up, by God that market's going to go up forever. Or if a market's going down, then by God the psychology is the market's going to go down forever. Same thing can be applied to to weather. Um, you know the models are flipping all over the place, but the, what the market psychology says is, oh, it must be warm. Okay, they're not really realizing there's a whole nother side to that coin right there, and it could just as easily flip cold. And actually, there is more reason for it to flip cold than it is uh, to to remain warm in the U.S. Now, what happens is, is that if we do get this uh, bout of cold weather, that even if it comes in a little bit late into February, let's say if it emerges in the eastern half of the U.S. around, let's just call it February 10th and remains in place um, because of the tightness that is in uh, the market right now i would not be surprised if natural gas ramps back up to four dollars and maybe even goes even higher than that are there are there day traders in the futures market in natural gas i mean do people is that one of the things that's a component of that like oh those kind absolutely of a lot of what, tight what, trading well, cycles no i mean i they're they're obviously the, the there's people that trade it from their home just like people trade their stocks they're mm -hmm. not the guys moving the market to alan's point it's you know it's it's down now but uh, if you want to see volatility let let the whole east coast go under one of these thermal mm -hmm. pigs as yeah, yeah that's them. right and uh, you're about to see a u-turn in pricing i mean natural gas is probably second to electricity as far as price volatility. Oh, and it'll, um, I mean, because electricity you price in Texas every 15 minutes, and it can be anywhere from 30 bucks to 9,000 bucks from one 15 minutes to the next. Not very often. Did you hear what he just said? I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it, yeah. So it, if you're in your business, yeah, one, one, uh, right now I'm paying nine bucks. Next yeah. minute I'm going to pay 9,000 for <laughs> yeah. the same number of megawatts. Yeah. You don't want to be standing in the middle of that road when that truck turns around because uh, that's that's why that's why some of our rep brothers or retail electric brothers aren't with us any longer. Mm -hmm. sure. um, they don't know how but, to play that game. Well, yeah. They, they don't know how to dodge that it. bus. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, they, they bet wrong on their hedging. That's mm -hmm. been the undoing of most retail providers. But, you know, Alan's point that natural gas, you know, we talk about it's we're at a 30 month low, but you got to remember what that 30 months means over a 10 year time frame. You know, it's, it's funny when sitting here listening to you talk about it, it could get to five dollars. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I remember back in uh, 2007, it was 14. 14, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, $5 doesn't sound so bad. No, it's, you know? that's exactly right. depends on your frame of reference. You uh, can make some money if you bought it at 3 and sold it at 14. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Unfortunately, no doubt if you that. buy it at 14 and sell it the other way around, yeah, um, that's all right. you know, there's there's a couple of people that are out of business for that reason, too. Yeah, there's yeah. folks that bought it at 14 thinking it was going to go to 18 <laughs> right. and left got holding the bag. You right. would think. Those are the same guys that bought Betamax, too. Oh, Betamax. So. <laughs> You would think if you got in around three dollars, though, it you know it's not going to go to one. No, 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 yeah. it's not. With with all the incremental demand right. uh, that is this coming like a tsunami toward the natural gas market and sending it offshore and all, all that. kinds, all kinds of things. You know, I I, I truly believe that uh, that some of the the lowest cost natural gas that we're seeing right now is the lows that we're probably going to be seeing for at least the next few years. Great mm -hmm. segue. And that's right, because natural gas drives the price of electricity in ah, Texas. That's so, right. for your home. Before your home, if you're Boy. looking for long-term value-priced electricity, there's never been a better time to buy it. Verdenow.com. What did he say? Verdenow.com. Verdenow. 
VerdeNow.com. V-E-R-D-E like now.com. Yeah. And right? seriously, that is 100% renewable power for your home. Check out the rate plans, the fixed low rate or the half-price nights and weekends for working families. If you're gone during the daytime, you got to get in on this. All right. So when we get back, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about with Trump, obviously, in the White House, making all kinds of crazy changes that people are all all up in arms about. How does this apply? What's his intentions on energy? And how are some of these uh, opposing groups, what are they doing to try to make it, you know, kind of... Rick Perry got a job. How about that? Yeah. He's He's with the department that he didn't know the name of. That's right. Department, I don't know (laughs) the name of department. That one he was going to get rid of. That's it. All right. We'll be right back. It is the energy recon. Hey, hey, get that lady out of here. I know she's, get you know, she really wants get to be a part of the program, but, you know, we can't do it. So it is Energy Recon Radio right here on RadioBrave.com. The energy reconnaissance, you know, we go out, find all this information, and bring it back. You should see where Alan has to go to get this. I'm, I'm like the ditch digger oh my of gosh. energy-related information. Those boots you have to wear for the places you have to go to get this information. It's pretty... It's pretty extreme. It's just nice. Because it's extreme, extreme. energy. We already did that. We, yeah. That's true. We can't keep hitting that one. So we have a guest in the studio today, which is Don Whaley from Verde Energy, Texas, verdenow.com. That's right. Don Whaley is the president of Verde Energy, Texas. And Don, when we were last talking about something, what was it? <laughs> well, let's see. Wow. Knew I should have been taking notes. <laughs> Trump. What's this whole deal on Trump well, and energy? And we want to talk about. Let's examine. Okay, regulations, new energy policy. What's it going to mean to the price of electricity at the pump? Well, I can well, tell you one thing. House, I can tell you one thing. The OPECers. Yep. We like to re- lovingly refer to them as the OPECers. OPEC. I feel the love in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 guess what, Pat? They're actually doing what they said they were going to do. How they about that? Cut production. At least for now. Uh, okay. Um, does anyone care? Though? OPEC achieves 82% of its pledged output cuts in January. Uh-huh. Apparently, supply from 11 OPEC members uh, with production targets, which averaged about, oh, I guess, um, 31.17 million barrels a day in December, uh, have actually cut their production. So we went from 31.1 to 30.1. Hmm. Okay, so we're down a million barrels. Okay, um, over the course of uh, of, and, and so we spill that much. It, probably, yeah. no doubt. We do. Yeah, <laughs> got to keep those those birds oiled, right? But, but yeah. meanwhile, rig count is 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 increasing here in the United States. Right. Okay, and uh, every time you know uh, everybody here is is yipping. And let me tell you, I've got some folks that are out in uh, the Midland Odessa area, mm-hmm. Permian Basin. And it's, it's blowing and going. It right is now. absolutely. It really is. You're absolutely right about that. And and, and you know it's it really funny. There was a point when oil was toddling down into the the high thirty dollar range where they were they were they were dusting off those bumper stickers. You know, God let there be one more boom. We won't screw it up this time. <laughs> yeah. And they thought they they were going to need them again. But oh yeah. With the rally in in oil prices, uh, the the whole West Texas complex is really blowing and going right now yeah yeah no doubt about mm-hmm. it and so <clears throat> with um what's next with with, with the moves trump's gonna make well with trump in the white house okay so so what is you know what is some of this impact mm-hmm. that we're having with him uh, doing all different well first of all is that uh, he's 
pretty much dead set on removing sort of any Obama area era that is uh, roadblocks to all different types of energy projects. Mm-hmm. Now that became Production very very, side, right? very clear with him, you know, okaying the whole Keystone and Dakota, you know, pipeline initiatives. Right. Okay. Um, he's lifting an awful lot of restrictions on mining for coal mm-hmm. and drilling for oil and natural gas. On federal land. Exactly. Uh Okay. And he's also canceling, check this out, canceling payments to the UN's climate change programs and using that money, instead of going to, you know, that particular initiative, using that money to actually fix America's water and environmental infrastructure. He also said he's pulling out of the Paris Accords, too, didn't he? That's right. Did I read that correctly? Yes, that's that's exactly right. you know, you were, you were talking about what can the regulations do that, and again, it comes back to a logical evolution in this market. Had the clean power plan gone into effect, Texas has about, what, 72,000 out in that, right? Generation total, yes. 72,000 megawatts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the estimate was 8,500 megawatts of coal generation in Texas would have been prematurely retired if the clean power plan had gone into effect. I mean, these things... Uh, that these plants will run their course. They'll run their economic course as alternatives become economically sustainable. Right. Um, but short of subsidizing them through much, much, much higher cost of energy to homes and to businesses, uh, we can't rush the process. But we're getting there. We're you know, solar is making sense now. Where absolutely, and you know, and I think that. <clears throat> What we always try to talk about, particularly on this show, because, I mean, we are, you know, it's from the primarily oil and gas capital of of North America, at least, uh, Houston, I still think that there is a little bit of stigma these days. It's, It's gone away by leaps and bounds, but there's still a little bit of stigma out there from folks that are on the right, conservatives, that, you know, Anytime you you mention renewable, they automatically pigeonhole it with oh well that's those climate change freakos you know yeah and that's not and, right which is not right right okay you and, want renewal you want all you well, can get n- well not absolutely o- absolutely and not only that but you know one of the studies that uh, that I conducted and actually wrote a story about it it sometime last year was talking about how the oil and gas industry even in Texas has made large large investments in renewable as well. And so if you're working in the in the you know deep part of the the Texas or or really the south and Louisiana and New Mexico and all of these other areas that uh, that are very pro oil and gas guess what the industry you're working for is also now very pro renewable so mm-hmm. you better get on board well, exactly you know the, the the best example of that shell obviously a household name uh, has quit referring to themselves as an oil company, right. but rather they're now an energy company. Exactly, right? because mm-hmm. they've they've come to realize that you know hydrocarbons, crude oil, uh, will ultimately go its own way. Right, and they like to think of things in fifty-year time horizons. Right, mm. and they're already becoming participants in these other energy sectors that that don't line up with a traditional oil and gas mindset. Well, they have a lousy PR company then because, <laughs> you know, they should get that word out more. I mean, that that should filter down to the, you know, average person to Well, to no, you're absolutely it. right. Yeah, you're absolutely know. right. Well, but then but the thing is is that you've also got, you know, that's one of the other little points I was wanted to talk about as where um, I think Trump is looking at this as being that there is no um, 
that that everything is is a solution when it comes to energy. At least I think that that's that's his perspective on this. Right. And um, but on the other side of that coin, simply because it is coming out of the mouth of Trump, you've now got the anti-fossil fuel opponents that have really become just irritated as you can possibly get. And matter of fact, there are more than 200 sites right now of pending natural gas power plants and thousands of miles uh, of pipelines that um, have all of a sudden become right on the absolute radar screen of, uh, of, of you know, anti-fossil fuel groups, kind of like the Sierra Club. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, so what I would like to see, and I know this is not going to happen, but what I would like to see, Don, just like what you've been talking about, is that there is a natural evolution toward this. And rather than people slamming their fists down on the table and saying, we got to have this tomorrow, whether there's reliable resources or not, we want it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think that there's a, a better way of evolving to that where all of a sudden with with an ever expanding population of 330 million people that is expanding at one and a quarter percent per year. All right. Um you know, you you have to keep that reliability factor of of yes, we are a fossil fuel uh, nation. We're moving in the direction of, of renewables, but we we don't necessarily have to go in there and cut off the heads of the people that that want to bring that. that Maybe you know, when they take those positions, you just say, well, what what acceptable level of blackouts and brownouts are you willing to uh, stand? Right, and what price are you willing to pay for it? And, and that's 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 the part that that kind of gets right. lost in the discussion. It does. Um, and you know, we, we, you were talking about the death ray solar facility that imploded yeah. <laughs> out in uh, California. Right. The, the the thing about that is, you know, we have a mix. They came up with a logical mix of hydrocarbons and solar. Right. Mm-hmm. So that you can provide reliability at presumably. Yeah. You know, had had they installed and, and aligned the solar panels properly, they would never uh, had that problem. They would they would have had a pretty nice mix to where they would right. have a round the clock facility to address reliability, but also not be off the chart from a cost standpoint. And I think that those type hybrid solutions are yeah. what we're going to see bridging us from a hydrocarbon based to ultimately a renewable based economy. Sure. I think the answer to all those questions when the environmentalists come up with that is yes, we agree with you. Yes. There's no disagreement. None, zero. No one disagrees with a lick of it. How much you're willing to pay? How soon do you want it? What are you willing to give up in terms of sorry, we have no service. Right. Yeah. And how yeah. many how many I mean, hours of darkness are you willing to have at night? <laughs> right, of exactly. Darkness are you good with? I right. mean, that's all it is. And if you'll accept a we're in the transition already mm-hmm. and you know, we don't have to have blackouts and brownouts because we're getting there and here's how much time it's going to take. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No doubt about it. And, and the rate the rate of evolution's definitely accelerating. I mean, it's it's it sure is. It's amazing. Seven seven years ago, solar panels cost four dollars a watt to buy. Now they're forty eight cents. God, that's amazing, isn't it? Well, Alan, what was the, I know we don't have time for this, but the story of the was were they from the Netherlands, Amsterdam? The people that came up with a way to store uh, wind generated power in some sort of microbial yeah, uh, yeah. mix that was real that was not Ab- absolutely fantasy. yeah that wasn't the escape from the north pole <laughs> no <laughs> no, was no this not. is a different little thing that we that so we found as that well we found, wow. but, you but know. they've come up with some way to 
I, I tried to describe this and people go yeah whatever but there's a that came it's not a battery yeah it's not yeah a it's it's microorganism type of micro like you said microbial type of deal. it's amazing they're yeah. charging electric eels something may it very well may be well, i wouldn't rule that out yeah you know? could give it coming. a chance so it's the Energy Recon, folks. Thanks for joining us. We do the show every week, Energy Reconnaissance Radio with Alan Lammy, the Texas Energy Analyst. And your website is? TexasEnergyAnalyst.com. TexasEnergyAnalyst.com. Yep. And, of course, our guest has been Don Whaley with Verde Energy Thank, Texas. Thanks, Don. You no, thanks so much. To it's great to be today. here today. VerdeNow.com. Guys, go there. Uh, check out the different rate plans. The electricity rates for your home at VerdeNow.com are really something you need to see. Mm-hmm. Look at the three-year plan. It's just great. VerdeNow.com. All right. Well, guys, we will see you next week right here on Energy Reconnaissance Radio on RadioBrave.com. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.